0: Hello, food bloggers. Welcome to the Eat Blog Talk podcast made for you, my fellow food bloggers who are wanting to add value to your blogs and to your lives. In today's episode, I will be talking to Jessica Gavin from jessicagavin.com, and we will be discussing going from part-time to full-time blogging. Jessica is a certified culinary scientist and a certified food scientist with a passion for helping home cooks get a good dinner on the table. On Her website, jessicagavin.com, she inspires her readers to embrace the science behind cooking. She has been working full time as a nutrition formulation scientist for 12 years and food blogging for seven years. In that time, she has earned an associate degree in culinary arts, had two foodie kids, published her first cookbook, and launched a recipe app. She recently quit her job to become a full time food media entrepreneur. Hey, Jessica, I absolutely love the term food media entrepreneur. I am excited to talk to you about this and so many other things today. But before we dive in, give us a quick fun fact about yourself.
1: Sure. Thank you. It's such an honor to be on your podcast, Megan. Aww. So I one fun fact about myself that I wanted to share is that because of food blogging, last year I had the really unique opportunity to meet one of... Um, the pioneers of the food and lifestyle space, Martha Stewart. (gasps) No way. And um, I got to do my first live cooking demo at her um, USA Today food and wine experience, which was in downtown LA. So I got to share the same stage as her and be able to, you know, kind of play with the audience a little bit and it was nerve-wracking you know going from being behind the computer to actually being live with people you know but luckily they had wine so everyone was very happy <laughs> very nice but it's just one of those things where you, know, you never know where food blogging can take you and what experiences and opportunities that are going to come along the way and Just to be, meet someone that, you know, was my idol since I was a very young kid and to. Actually, you know, share that stage was really awesome. That's amazing. So, how was it to work alongside her? Um, so we actually she did her own demo, and then I followed up. But it was just one of those things where we got to share that same really cool stage that they that they yeah. Made. So being mic'd up and using the same equipment, I even had some technical difficulties, Aww. but it was just great. It just like lightened up the crowd, and then being able to you know just speak with her and tell her how much I admired her and everything Thing that she's done was was awesome. That is so cool.
0: And you're right. Food blogging can open up doors that we just never expect. If we keep our eyes open for those opportunities, They eventually they do pop up for us. So I love that. What a great story to share. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Now, we have a lot to discuss today about going from part-time blogging to full-time blogging. But first, I want to ask you... About being a food scientist. This has nothing to do with our topic today, but could you just explain quick what a food scientist is?
1: Yes, absolutely. So, a food scientist really focuses on delivering food products to the masses. So, if you imagine walking into a grocery store, and, you know, you get those kind of ready to eat like salad packs. We do that all the time for a quick dinner or you're picking up goldfish crackers for your kid. There's, you know, a very high chance that a food scientist has been part of that process to develop the recipe, make sure that it can be, um, uh, produced on a larger scale and then that it's packaged and it's safe and ready to go for, for your convenience. So, You know, we're very involved in in kind of the back, you know, end that you wouldn't even you know think about. But you know, we study food science and technology and looking at the physical, biological, chemical compositions of food and how it's um, commercially applied. So it's really this farm to fork experience, but in a different way for. Um, the masses. That
0: is so interesting. How in the world did you get into this? Is this something you set out to do? Or did it just kind of fall into your lap?
1: I originally wanted to do culinary arts and be like the next emerald Lagasse or something like that. Because I've, you know, I come from a culinary background with my grandparents, you know, owning their own restaurants and working in kitchens. So that was just in my DNA. But you know, my my dad encouraged me to pursue a bachelor's degree first. And I was like, I still want to do something related to food. And one of um, our family friends said, what about food science? And they don't, you know, let us know about that in in high school or elementary school. It's not talked about as a profession. So when I discovered it and I, you know, attended my first classes, it was like, wow, this it's the next level of understanding food, but at least I could apply, you know, wh- what I love about food um, to something that could help other people, you know, in, in the grander scheme of things.
0: That's so cool. It's such a um, it's a job that you don't typically think of. Like you said, it's not something that you learn about in high school. What did they call that when they like sit you in a room and they make you fill out the questionnaire? and well, Like aptitude or something? Yeah, yeah, aptitude tests. I always got the weirdest things for that, like. Um, interior designer always popped up for me. And I was like, no, that is not, (laughs) that's not for me. But that's really interesting, which I guess kind of leads us into your story about blogging and how your journey with food has evolved. Can you talk us through the evolution of your blog, when it started and why and how it has evolved for you?
1: I wasn't able to, you know, obviously go to culinary school right off the bat, but it was still something that was just this burning, nagging desire that I had, and I wouldn't let go. And for me, a lot of times, you know, things are okay, it's, you know, not now. um, But you know, it doesn't mean it's not never. So it's just kind of like a when am I going to do something. So when I was able to start supporting myself financially by, you know, getting a full time job in the Food science space. uh, I was supported by my um, my boss to go to culinary school because I I kind of baked that into the deal of like, hey, if I'm gonna work with their company, do you value culinary arts and how it could help develop you know global taste palettes for for the for the formulas that I'm creating for for our you know different clients and whatnot? And he said yes. So after about a year of of working full time, I went to culinary school at night. And when I finished culinary school three years later, you know, I had to make the the decision. Am I going to go, you know, work in a restaurant or go work on the line or catering? Or what am I going to do? Am I going to stay in food science? And I kind of got the best of both worlds because my husband, Jason, had kind of given me, planted the seed of the idea to start a website. And I have no, you know, technical experience with that side. But, you know, he does. So he encouraged me to do that helped it get going. in in 2012, you know, right after culinary school, and it was it was just a place that I could at least satisfy that hunger to still work in the kitchen, but you know, at my own pace and to share with others, um, but not be under that pressure of, you know, working like 16 hour days, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that your husband was the one who planted the seed for you it's so funny doing this podcast, how that has been a theme. A lot of successful food bloggers say that their husbands are the ones that say you have to start a website about food. <laughs> so I love <laughs> that, that he kind of urged you to do it and encouraged you to do it. And then that he has more of the technical side. Does he help you out
1: with your website? Yes. So both my husband and I work together on this business and you know, we kind of fill in the gap. So it's like, I love that creativity, content creation side, photography, obviously all the cooking. And then he helps me with all the back end technical stuff, SEO. And so we're just, you know, that kind of um, perfect pairing because he, he loves the text. So I, I don't think I could do it without him. That's for sure.
0: Oh, I love that. Once you started the blog, once the two of you started your blog, um, what kind of happened from there? How long did it take Take for you to get traction and all of that?
1: So, I would say once we started the blog, you know, it probably took really honestly three to four years to get any real traction with traffic because, to be quite honest, I made a lot of mistakes. I mean, you know, there was no strong focus, it was definitely more of a hobby, and because I had just gone out of culinary school you know, when my husband was like, why don't you make some slow cooker, or, like basic recipes? I'm like, no, my friends from culinary school, they're going to like literally grow me like <laughs> you're making like, crispy treats right now. Like, what are you doing?
0: Hilarious. You
1: know? but, um, I think as our lives evolved and we started having kids, I, I started to become my reader and I started to understand what we, what they needed, you know, what kind of recipes and how to teach them along the way. Um, So I think that really helped over time. And then, you know, I wasn't posting consistently. I didn't have an editorial calendar. You know, we weren't really talking about SEO, you know, seven years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to really build those photography skills. And then there was really no business strategy. So it was the perfect recipe for disaster, right? Mm, yep. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think a lot of us that started over five years ago kind of went through that same evolution where we really didn't have a plan. There was no focus. Like you said, there was inconsistency, no editorial calendar. Oh my gosh, that wasn't even on my radar. Yeah, SEO was like not a topic that anyone really talked about back then. So I think a lot of us that started a while ago kind of went through that same process of realizing, oh, if we really want to make this work, we need to make some changes. So I think that one of the most appealing things about being a food blogger is that it is a job that you can completely do on your own. And a lot of us go on for a really long time just trudging along, doing all of the tasks involved by ourselves because we can. But I think it's a great idea to invest in yourself as a business owner as soon as you can, because that almost immediately opens up doors for you so what would you say are the most important aspects of food blogging to invest in first
1: i would say the definitely now especially since no matter what you know you you're your visual so it's like you're attracted to the food you're attracted to the photography and decision making of what you want so definitely work on your photography skills that was something actually that my husband was doing first. Cause I was like, no, that's another technical thing. I don't want to do that. Then, you know, I would have to wait till he got home and we were, you know, taking photos at night and artificial light. And, <laughs> you know, at one point I was just like, I need to own this. Cause I don't feel connected to my work, even though it's like, I love cooking. It's just not what I want to see through the lens and what's coming out. So I just made a decision that it's like, I'm going to take over photography and he helped train me. And then I also went to um, Lindsay from pinch of yums, two of her um, onsite workshops. And that was a huge game changer. Cause it just, it just fueled me. It was like, I can do this, but you have to practice. You have to practice like multiple times a week. It can't be something that you're yes. like, oh, I'm just going to do this every once in a while. It's like, no, you have to do you know various types of foods, desserts, you know entrees. Like you'll realize like what looks terrible, what looks great, and you're just practicing and practicing to just improve your skills. So that was one thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What else would you recommend um, focusing on after photography?
1: Something that I did recently within the last year was uh, focusing on my food writing, and I know. A lot of times, you know, they're telling us like, hey, cut out that fat and, you know, don't tell us your story. But I still feel like it's very important to understand, you know, when to ignite that personal voice and when to turn on, you know, your business voice and how to still make, you know, the post your own and make it very readable and easy to read for your readers. And but, um, you know, just structuring like basic writing skills and how to write recipes. So I worked with uh, uh, with Diane. She she is a food writer and she's amazing. And she was my food coach um, for a few months. And I feel like that just helped me from like feeling like you know sometimes you feel stuck in your writing and you don't want to do it or you're just not excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like she really helped me put some structure around my writing and kind of how to go about each post and how to write my recipes better. So that that really helped helped a lot. So did you get the coaching
0: just specifically for your blog and where did you find her? How did you find her?
1: Uh, Yes. Uh, So I got it from just for my blog, just because, you know, my, my husband helps me edit, you know, he's like that final stamp of approval. And he was like, Hey, you gotta, gotta (laughs) it's like, you know, I edit so much, but like, um, it would just really help if, if this was something that was improved. And I feel like we don't focus on that because we're so, you know, intimate with SEO and taking the photos and the recipe development, all those important things. But like, the basics of writing and improving that is just only going to help the quality of your post and easier for Google to read and also your reader. Yeah. So it's something that, you know, that we need to focus on. It's easy to gloss
0: over the writing because especially now. It's so technical. Like, here's the formula for getting a scene on Google. So I think a lot of us are doing just kind of that formulaic writing yeah. style. So it's easy to gloss over that. I loved the words you just said a little bit ago. You said, know when to ignite your personal voice and also your business voice. I think that's so hugely important because even though we are being super technical with our writing, we do need to incorporate ourselves in there because our face is on the blog, our touch is on the blog. So we need to be in there too. So it's just a matter of doing it a lot, I think, and just kind of getting to know your voice and knowing when to put yourself in there and when to put the technical SEO details in there. Yeah. Because <laughs> those need to be there too.
1: Oh, and I just wanted to clarify. So I worked with Diane Jacob. Um, she wrote the book, We'll Write for Food. And I met her at a conference. And that's how I found out that she did the coaching.
0: Oh, cool. Yes. So that's one reason why conferences are worthwhile, because you meet people that you don't expect to going in, right? I've definitely found that I will go into a conference assuming that I'm just going to meet a couple food bloggers, but you end up expanding your network so hugely at conferences.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean you get to, especially if you take some of the, if you invest and you take some of the the workshops, um, you know, you get to really meet those people that you're like, wow, these are truly experts in the field. And now you have that, that personal like touch point with them, you know, because you've sat with them and listened to their amazing, you know, stories and what they can teach you. Um, But I just feel like you could always, you know, learn something. And especially, you know, when you're you know, in your share groups or, you know, you're talking to your blog friends online, but you've never actually met them. It's nice to actually meet them face to face, you know?
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Once you kind of dove into your food blog, um, you did that really part-time for quite a while, right? And then how long did you do that part-time? At what point did you quit your full-time job?
1: I was working um, for seven years on the food blog. I would say more like four or five years seriously about it. So the first two years was more of experimentation, kind of giving getting in the groove, trying to get a calendar going and consistency. And right before we had our son um, five years ago, it was one of those things where it was like, How will we make time for this? Is this something we truly want to pursue? And if this is going to become, you know, another stream of income for our family, we need to take it seriously. So that's kind of really kind of lit the fire of like, we got to, if we want to do this, we got to do this right. We got to get a strategy in place. So that's, you know, when I started going from, say, one post um, a week to two to three and then at at this point sometimes it's between 3 to 5 depending on you know what's going on and and what I am able to share at that point so it took me 7 years to go full time and you know we live in California so <laughs> the cost of living is a lot more so You know, we wanted to be a little bit more um, conservative about that. Absolutely. And I I finally felt comfortable. And my husband was extremely encouraging to quit my job um, this year in June. Oh,
0: so it's very, very recent. Very
1: recent. Well, congratulations.
0: That's a huge step. Thank you. And do you miss your job? Or are you like super happy to forge ahead with this blogging full time?
1: Because I had worked at basically the same job since college. So for 12 years, I really created this community at my, at my work and it was, it was very comfortable, you know, and I, and I felt secure, but I didn't feel like, you know, towards the end of it, uh, because I also had the food blog that my work was as impactful and personally meaningful to me because, For my food blog, you know, I would, you know, publish something and I could talk to people around the world and I could hear, you know, Oh, what didn't work, what worked and what changed lives? Like, Oh, my family loves this. This reminds me of my grandma's food, like different things like that. And that just made my heart just explode, you know? And I, I just had. I had to be all in. Absolutely.
0: And it sounds like it was just time. Like you just kind of listened to your intuition and knew that it was time to move on. Yes, definitely. I mentioned this at the beginning of our chat, but I love the term you used in your bio, food media entrepreneur, because that can encompass not only food blogging, but all of the food and media opportunities that come to us because of our food blogs. So I just love I love that term. When I read through your interview notes, it just like stood out to me. I think we should all relabel ourselves because food blogger, nobody knows what that means. Food <laughs> media entrepreneur, people can kind of figure that out.
1: Exactly. Around the time I was like, okay, I'm going to quit my job. And if someone asks me, what do I do? you know and like food blogger seems like oh okay you're a food blogger that's great i guess you know anyone could do that but no one takes it seriously right mm-hmm. but when you tell them you know oh i i'm an entrepreneur or you know like especially It's like, okay, we're doing food, but media, like you said, it encompasses so many things. Now we're on YouTube, we're doing videos, we have our content creation on our website, and we're doing social media influence. So it's just this huge sphere of things. So I just kind of put all of those things together, and that's what I tell people. It's like, oh, I'm a food media entrepreneur, I own my own company, and we get into you know more conversation and they're excited because they don't know what it is, but it sounds really cool.
0: Yeah. It sounds way cooler than food blogger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when I hear
0: that, I think of just like um, someone doing it very half-heartedly part-time from their couch, yeah. like a couple hours a week. And that is definitely not what we do.
1: Yeah, and I, I love the word entrepreneur because truly we are you know, we own our and we own and run our own businesses. We're putting in a lot of our own personal money, maybe from what you make from your blog or bootstrapping from before you started to make money and going, you know, below the red line. It's like you're truly investing significant amount of money to your business and you're taking risk. Right. So. We're entrepreneurs.
0: We could add probably a string of other words on your <laughs> on your title. <laughs> I'll have to give that some thought. I like that. I love that you have kind of built on your blog and taken other opportunities. You have an app through SideChef, and you have also published a cookbook. Can you talk to us more about that and how those opportunities came to you?
1: Sure. So for the, the app, you know, I was approached by SideChef, um, they're a business out of uh, China, who are, re- are doing really interesting things with um, connected experiences in the kitchen. And I think they understand that um, food, you know, influencers really do um, uh, change, you know, what people are doing. And, you know, they... There, people are gravitating towards people they can relate to. So, uh, they approached me in, um, 2017 to create my own app, which would have, you know, a, a large collection of the recipes that I have on my website. And one of the cool things about each recipe is that you know, I would record these voice notes for each recipe. So basically, as someone would go and get ready to make the to, to make the recipe, they would hear my voice walking them through, you know, each step. So they basically got to cook with me in their kitchen. And I thought that was really cool it was a very nice personal touch. It's It's a lot of work to do things like that. But I was just very interested in, you know, people use apps all the time. We live on our phone, we use apps for everything. So, you know, if someone really, Enjoyed, you know, my recipes and and what I was teaching. That you know, they can specifically just go to a quick app, you know, on their phone, and you know, get to kind of be in the kitchen with me for a little bit.
0: It really is a cool app. I love the voice guided um, instructions. I think that adds, like you said, such a unique and personal touch. There are a lot of apps that talk about cooking, but there's really nothing out there like that.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm really curious to see, you know, as technology changes in the, In the kitchen with Alexa and Google Home and refrigerators that have, you know, panels on them that, you know, is like a computer in itself. It's like, you know, how how can we be incorporated into that with our recipes as food bloggers? There is a lot of opportunity there.
0: Tell us about your cookbook, which is called Easy Culinary Science for Better Cooking. Tell us more about that. So
1: I was approached um, by Page Street Publishing, uh, I think in t- 2017 as well. And it was <laughs> actually right about the time where I found out that I was going to have my second child. And it was like, wow, are we are going to take this on? You know, Working full time, working on the blog, having another um, baby and doing a cookbook. And it was like, let's just seize the day. This is something I've always wanted to do. You know, I thought I was going to go the chef route, but that didn't, you know, work out and that's okay. I always wanted to have a cookbook and I never thought that that would be a possibility. And the food blog really just changed that for me. And so I just decided to go for it. And it's, you know, 75 recipes, but the chapters are broken up based on, um, cooking method so instead of just being an eating occasion it's really like teaching you know it's going to like a mini culinary school for for my readers so it's like you know they can use it as a reference to improve their skills and build their confidence through culinary science and you know be able to just go back I use it all the time as the as a reference for like oh how much does this ingredient weigh because I always you know write down metric and and volume for recipes so it's just one of those things it's like if you want to improve your cooking and you want want to get some approachable science behind, you know, why you do certain things. Um, it's, a, it's a great reference for especially beginner home cooks too.
0: I do not have this on my shelf and I am a cookbook junkie. So I am adding this to my list pronto. So I'm excited hey. to get it. Can you talk to us just a little bit about what is in store for your future? What are some of your goals moving forward? And how do you plan to invest in your business now that you're full time?
1: Absolutely. So I think right now our biggest thing is we're going through a, a kitchen renovation, um, trying to make it much more light, bright, video friendly, with the intention to, you know, focus on video, get on camera, really teach the principles that I've been, you know, sharing online, but you know, being building that brand and. You have to, you know, be able to, you know, not only set yourself apart from others, but really connect with your readers on another level. And I feel like them being able to see you and, you know, interact is, is the next thing and really important to building your brand. So I want to focus on, you know, um, publishing more content for, for YouTube and social media, but also for my website and doing more cooking demo style videos and hopefully that will start, you know, end of this year or early next year once the remodel is complete. And then the next thing is really to focus on email marketing. You know, where we've been doing some basic stuff and it's been fine, you know, getting a lot more subscribers um, daily. But I feel like I don't know if the strategy could be as effective as I want it to be in terms of um building a community and kind of recycling the material that I already have on my website to, you know, increase traffic. So really trying to um, help people better through email, as well as, you know, ensure that, you know, we can resurface some of the the work that we've already done, you know, that, that they've never seen. There's so much hiding in my blog that
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like i That's kind of on my list too. The email marketing thing is something that I have not explored. I'm like really embarrassed to say that, but hardly at all, but there's so much hiding. And I I think that that's a good tool to use to kind of bring that old content out and um, just kind of reuse it, recycle it. So I love that that is a focus for you. And a kitchen remodel, that's super exciting. I can't wait to see your kitchen set up. What are your main things that you're excited about, your new kitchen?
1: Oh my goodness. Well, we're literally ripping out everything. So when we, we moved in, the house was beautiful, but it just was a little bit darker in colors and, and whatnot. And, you know, now it's very popular to kind of have like the white. We're doing like a white shaker cabinets. I guess inspired, let's say, by Joanna Gaines a little bit. We're doing, you know, a modern farmhouse style. Nice. So um, new countertops, you know, like kind of marbly looking quartz. My fa- my favorite two things I think in the kitchen is going to be a um, big white farmhouse sink and I'm getting a new Thermador, like uh, cooktop and oven. So, very excited about those two. <laughs> oh,
0: that is very exciting. Well, getting kind of back to going from part-time to full-time blogging, it is a huge deal and it can be really scary for a lot of bloggers because the income isn't always predictable or consistent, as you know, especially when we rely on ad revenue. So what advice do you have for food bloggers who might be on the fence about how and when to take things to that next level and start blogging full-time?
1: The most important thing is obviously to have you know your your tax people and and people helping you to understand your your income and how it looks so that you can kind of predict out a little bit like is this going to work financially and also getting a grip on your own finances so you know where are you like we have daycare costs we have you know just mortgages and different things like that so really understanding like you know your profit and loss, what's coming in, what's going out. That's just basics to feel comfortable. Um, Also, you know, trying to, you know, diversify, you know, your income if you can, you know, if it's, you know, one way through sponsorships, um, also through your ad networks. um, You know, if you are doing YouTube or you're selling products, you know, like you're making a lot of my friends do eBooks and sell those or they created courses. So just trying to do different things. I also, um, we'll occasionally um, teach at a um, culinary school. So kind of, you know, getting income that way too. So just making making sure you kind of diversify that. But honestly, it is it is unpredictable, but we are, we're always saying like, as long as we know what that bottom number is and that we're above that, then we're okay. And if we need to pivot, you know, I, I always say like, I could always go back, but that's not the plan. You know, I could always go back to work for food science, but... Right now, it's like I'm I'm staying the course, I'm staying positive and just working really hard and being extremely consistent. So, you know, making sure you show up and, um, you know, just being really gritty and improving your quality all the time. So what little tweaks can you make?
0: Uh, Yeah, consistency is so key, I think, in this job and always improving your quality, too, is such a great one because what was relevant and maybe quality last year is not necessarily what's quality this year. So staying on top of trends, too, and seeing what other people are doing, I think, is a good one. Diversifying is something that you mentioned that is really smart for food bloggers to do because a lot of people just rely solely on ads. And I did for a very long time. And that's really stressful (laughs) because you're you're like at their whim. You just have to kind of go with it. So I like your idea of teaching, teaching courses and um, doing ebooks, you could do courses online as well. So, there really are a lot of different avenues and options for us as food bloggers, or I should say, food media entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah, <yes. laughs> Did you and your husband have a certain amount of money saved up before taking the leap into full time blogging? Do you recommend someone getting like a certain dollar amount saved before they dive in?
1: I think we have, (laughs) and I'll definitely confirm this with him later, but at least three to six months of, you know, what I would get, you know, of of my income from my previous job saved up. And uh, he's still going, he's still working full time at an architecture company. So we at least have that buffer. But the plan is to you know, work with a try to bring on maybe a financial advisor um, this year and work closely with our CPA to ensure that, you know, everything is running smoothly as predicted. And, you know, what could we do to also transition to him to full time? So just having the the right team of, of people from a financial standpoint to make sure that that is solid.
0: That's great advice. And then networking, we talked about a little bit earlier. I think that networking and attending conferences and even just networking online plays a huge role in pushing bloggers toward being able to take the leap into full-time blogging. Do you agree with that? Absolutely, yes.
1: Uh, One of my favorite conferences is Everything Food Conference. And I go there every year and I just feel like my network has grown there. And every time I've gone, you know, I either meet someone like a Diane who helps me with my business, or you know during the cookbook time, just getting Facetime with other bloggers to help promote, you know, um, those types of opportunities. So I think it's great to get Facetime and to al- honestly go to those conferences to see what is the hot topic and what's changing, what ne- what needs to be focused on? Because, you know, it went from, oh, doing Facebook Lives to, oh, focusing on SEO to focusing on YouTube. Like, it just evolves every year. So you got to stay on top of that.
0: It is constantly changing. It's like there's a new hot topic every year. And those conferences are perfect for figuring out what you should be focusing on. It wasn't until I started going to them regularly. I have never been to Everything Food Conference, but... One, at least once a year, I try to get to one big one. Tastemaker is a great one. They just started last year, 2018, and I'm going again this year. That is an amazing conference. If you haven't been, I would highly recommend it. But yeah, you just like get the insider details. I always come away feeling like, oh, this is what I should be doing. So it kind of like resets you as a food blogger and pushes you towards those topics that you need to be focusing on facebook live yeah you mentioned that for a while everyone was like you have to be doing these videos and then that kind of fizzled
1: yes i'm glad i didn't well i think people who doing are doing it now doing it well are still definitely reaping benefits from it and building a really really strong community yeah so i think that's a good idea but i'm glad it's not like essential yeah
0: <laughs> yes exactly Jessica, do you have any last pieces of advice or tips for moving forward toward full-time blogging for food bloggers who are listening today?
1: Yes, definitely get um, an editorial calendar going uh, so that when you wake up every day, you know exactly what you're going to do. Because I think a lot of times um, what stops you from progressing is that it takes a while to generate ideas and create like to think about what content you want to create. So I try to do, you know, six to nine months out and I know it's going to change. I get inspired all the time by ingredients or, you know, by something that I learned. So a new, a different post is, is, um, created, but if you at least have the idea down, you can move things around, you can make something later, but, you know, just don't give your an excuse of why you're not going to start or why you're not going to do something productive within that day. And to definitely always focus on quality and really work on the photography skills and recipe writing. Because the, the recipe writing, that's, that's how you're communicating, you know, what to do with your audience and your readers. And that's where there can be the most success or pitfalls. So definitely look at your writing and making sure like, you know, as you read it out loud, does this make sense? I would say those are my, my biggest things. And just there's a lot of many, many times where... I felt like, I don't, why are we doing this? This is taking up so much time from our family, you know, like they are, they are feeling secondary and that's not fair. So I think at some point, you know, when it financially made sense and, you know, the blog was growing, that, you know, this, this is what I need to focus on so that this can be my full time job. And when we're with the kids, we can be completely focused with them. And, you know, having that support system, with your family is a huge part of of the success as well, because it's, it's a lot of sacrifice. It truly is.
0: I'm really glad you said that because at least once a week, I have that same internal conversation with myself. Like, why am I doing this? I work so much and it is a sacrifice. We sacrifice a lot to put out our content and put out quality content. So I think that's a really good reminder is just like, you need to communicate that with your family and. I do that with my boys I have two boys and I am constantly like I work a lot but the alternative is me leaving the house and going to another job so I I'm just like sure to communicate with people and getting that support like you said is so important too
1: yes but it's worthwhile when you know just when you get blessed by google and you're like okay it's working (laughs) oh isn't that the best
0: oh Yes, when you see those little bits of effort pay off. So this is kind of the point where I ask for a favorite quote or words of inspiration. I jotted down a few things you said early on in the conversation. So I will repeat those. And then if you have anything to add on top of that, you can feel free to do so. I loved what you said in the beginning, Jessica. You were talking about diving into something new and you said... I knew it wasn't never. It was just a matter of when. That is such a good mindset. I love it. When you want to do something, you don't say like, it's never going to happen. Just when is it going to happen? So just believing that it's going to happen someday or like sometime, you know, like when the time is right. So I I, I did not say that eloquently at all. Like, rewind and listen to Jessica cuz that was way better.
1: <laughs> it's not never just not now, you know, but when when is it going to be the now? So it's just making that happen.
0: Oh, love it. That was good. And then I also wrote down when you were going from really like not taking blogging too seriously to taking it very seriously, you said that you started to become your reader and I loved that because that I think is the turning point for a lot of us when we're like, we go from wondering, why, why isn't Google seeing me or why isn't Pinterest seeing me? And then we understand that it's really not about us, that we need to see our content as our readers do. You becoming your reader helped you to transition into taking things more seriously and other people taking you seriously too. And then also, you're just your focus on writing which is something that is so overlooked. I just wanted to point that out as well. So on top of those amazing things that you said, do you have anything else to share with us as far
1: as inspiration or quotes? Yes. One of my, my favorite um, quotes is from Abraham Lincoln, and he says, the best way to predict the future is to create it. That is exactly what we do as food bloggers or you know food media entrepreneurs is We get the driver's seat. We get to make anything, really anything we want in any type of media we want to make it in. So it's just deciding, you know, how you want to share, what you feel, you know, passionate about. But it just has become this business of, you know, there's no written rules. There's no glass ceiling. It truly is anything you can dream up and what you want to, you know, put into fruition and create and have this tangible product that can delight people and change their lives. And as long as you are focused on helping people, then then you will succeed and you'll enjoy the journey along the way.
0: I got chills as you were talking. So that was amazing inspiration. <laughs> you definitely inspired me. And I don't know how I'm going to choose a quote because I like to put quotes from each guest on social media. How am I going to choose which one to display <laughs> from you, Jessica? I'll have to do a handful. Maybe I'll do a series. But thank you for sharing that. That was really great. And I also just really appreciate you taking the time out of your day for this chat. It was super valuable and I know that other food bloggers are going to find it valuable as well. So thank you for being here thank you Megan. jessica has a list of favorite resources relating to today's topic and those can be found on her show notes page at eight blog com forward slash jessica gavin
1: jessica tell my listeners the best place to find you online you could find me at jessicagavin.com for my website and on Instagram and Twitter, I'm Jessica underscore Gavin. On Facebook, I'm Jessica Yee Gavin. (laughs) And uh, Pinterest is Foodie Gavin. And YouTube is just Jessica Gavin. So it should be pretty easy to find me. I'm around.